This episode is recorded on Jar Jar Wurrung country and we want to pay our respects to the original creatives of this land and their elders past, present and future. Hey, Caleb, welcome back. Oh, thanks. Welcome to you too. Yeah, we're going to do a, uh, another episode of Country Creatives, but uh, yeah, with a little bit of a difference. Back to mm. our short and sweet episode. Yep, a little snippet. And you're going to help it be a snippet, Reese, because I could easily get carried away on this topic. Yeah, you definitely could. It is a great topic. We're going to talk about how to get good Better, best clients. Oof, it doesn't everyone want good clients. Did you notice I said three <laughs> things there? Because it, it's also a three-step process. It is. There are three steps on how to get good clients. All right. Let's jump straight into it, mate. What do you reckon the first step is? I would say the first step is to identify. And there's a couple of elements to this. Firstly, you need to identify the problem that you actually solve. No one buys things that doesn't solve a problem. Yeah, that's right. So you've got to know what you do. Yeah, and don't tell me that you don't solve any problems because that's nonsense. You do solve problems. You just need to find them. And, and that can often be the first step you need to go back to is reframing what you do from the actual thing that you do. But what does it achieve? Yeah. What does it solve? I've got a good example, like maybe an artist would say, I don't solve a problem, I just make things look nice. The problem you're solving is people's houses are white walls and they want their house to have personality. And the problem you are solving is allowing a person to furnish their home so that they feel a home rather than a house. Yes, that is an excellent example. So firstly, you need to identify the problem that you solve. What's next, Reese? Yeah, who are we going to solve those problems for? That is a great question, right? Who has these problems that you're able to solve? You need to find, you need to identify the businesses or the individuals that have the problem that you solve. Yeah, and I would literally go to pen and paper for this or a yep. whiteboard or bounce it off a mate and do sticky notes. Yeah, and this just, is a brainstorm just session. Bra- just brain dump and this whole process i think if we were to run through this for either of our businesses or someone else's business it would literally just be brain dump all of the thoughts yeah and then consolidate them and figure out how everything aligns once you've gone through yeah this is actually uh, a really cool micro facilitation of a brainstorm sesh so if you want to pause the potty at any time and then just do that brain dumb exercise i think that'd be a great way of going about this so you've identified the problem that you solve and that might take you a little bit that then you've got to find the people who have those problems yeah and so how do we identify those just to go into a little bit oh, yeah. more detail sure. what characteristics of a potential client are we identifying You've got to find someone who has the resource to solve the problem that you're able to... Yeah, They can afford you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You don't want to be solving problems for people who don't have any money. Yeah, and I think another one might be, do they align with your values? Are they community-minded or are they business-minded or are they technology-minded? And maybe certain things align better with you and you could specifically target those who align with your cause. That's actually a good point, Reese. The the episode that we have recently done with Leah Satori, we talked about finding your North Star. So a part of identifying the people that have the problems or the businesses that have the problems that you can solve, getting a bit narrower on that is 
who is going to fit in with my North Star? Let me use that as a filter to find the people that I actually want to work with. But the focus here is not being too specific. You don't want to pinpoint individual people and businesses because that's going to be a short list. You want to find a pool of types of people or types of businesses, industries maybe, that could align with your North Star and who could you could potentially solve a problem for them. Yeah, that's right. And are we still in step one? Yeah, it, identify. Do we, do we have one more point of step one? Yeah, we do. All right, which is, where are they? Yeah. Where do your clients hang out? Where that's do they right. live? What do they do? So once you've identified, say, my ideal clients could be in manufacturing, where do manufacturers hang out? Where do manufacturing decision makers that I want to talk to hang out? They might be in a business commerce group that I know Mm. Bendigo has a a Bendigo manufacturers group so they could be in some sort of alliance or collective like that you could just say all of my potential clients hang out on Instagram Mm -hmm. they're all there yep or they're all on LinkedIn yep so find out where they are because you need to have an opportunity to connect with them and you're going to have that opportunity where they're already hanging out. Yeah, that's right. What kind of events do they go to? Should I start going to the Business Excellence Awards? So we've actually, I think, done an episode on networking and the power of networking. We have. Networking is a really key example, but don't just go networking at your local footy club <laughs> if the people who you want to work with don't If play they're footy. not there. Yep. yep. Find out where they are. And yeah, like you said, it could include what digital space do they operate in? Is it yep. LinkedIn? Is it Instagram? Is it Reddit? Boomers on Facebook? <laughs> is it X? Are they on X? Oh, yeah. Pumping out their oh. Xs? What is that? Like, Let's get into that not, another time. Yeah, okay. Hey, we've identified stuff. All the stuff about <laughs> our clients. We've identified lots of stuff. The problem we're going to solve. Yeah. So what's next? We're into the next step, I think. Yeah. Step two is get their attention. Now, this is a a really important step that you need. There's a couple of key points that we want to touch on here. Everybody is trying to get everyone's attention. So this in this step, it's really important to be different, to actually stand out. There's a couple of examples that I've heard of and a couple that I've done that are really good here, and I want to give them away to you. Back in the days when everyone sent letters, right, there was this one guy who the letter size was standard. There was a standard business letter size. Mm -hmm. And whenever someone had come into their office, they'd have a tray, like an in tray with letters on it. You got to imagine this for people who weren't around (laughs) when letters were around. But they had this in tray and they'd pick them all up and they'd tap them on the bench to get them all in together. And then they'd start going through them, all their letters. And there was this one guy that thought, Mm. no, I'm going to hack this system. This is a human behavioral system and I know how to hack it. He sent an odd shaped letter. When they picked those stack of letters up and they tapped them on the desk to get them all in line, there was one that stood out from the rest. Yeah, and it was a different colour. Yeah. Yep. I'm just ad-libbing here, but you can imagine, (laughs) right? It stood out visually. It was different to the other pile of letters. So use that as a principle that you're not – maybe it is actually sending a letter because nobody does that anymore. That's so old school. Yeah, it is. There's a couple of really interesting ways that you can do that at scale as well. There's robots these days that can replicate your handwriting and write – in your handwriting with an actual pen. 
Yeah, I've got one. It's a, like with those cricket cutter. It's oh, like a yeah no yeah basically they're very accessible tools yeah they are yeah that you can do that kind of stuff but let's not get too bogged down in, okay, in right, sending right, letters right. No. we want to stand out yeah so, you want to do it differently yeah we want to capture attention and are you talking about capturing attention online or in person there's a myriad of different ways you can do it there there's common ways that everyone tries to get people's attention which is like sending an email it might be a connection on LinkedIn there's a whole bunch of different ways the sky the point here is the sky is the limit your imagination is the limit and you need to think about how everyone's trying to get people's attention and think let's step outside that box and do it in a way that is going to stand out from the rest because if you follow the proven methods of getting people's attention you will blend in like everybody else and Mm. you will not stand out one that's, and so that can be a challenging thing for people to think of, like, how am I going to stand out? Get creative. We're all creatives here. That's exactly right. Use your creativity to, to leave a lasting impression in some kind of way. And the key, the second key to getting their attention is what are you saying? Mm. The idea here is you are just literally trying to make a very simple connection with them. Please do not try and sell anything to a person you are just meeting. Yeah, like how many SEO specialists have you hired after they sent you a random email to your inbox trying to sell a service package? Uh, None, right? That's just the annoying automatic delete. A very easy and interesting one is to not overthink it is do good work. Yeah. And more good work will follow. If you have to take on a, a love project to be able to show that you can do this particular thing or it doesn't always have to be client work to show that you're different or out there, go off your own bat and do something exciting and document it and showcase it and, and you've got a word of mouth, ma- generate word of mouth yeah. potentially. That's, let's put that into the getting attention tool. If you did a piece of work that you thought was going to align with your North Star and, and the problem that you solve and be appealing to the people who have those problems, you could make something like what you're saying and then use that as your attention getter. Mm-hmm. Use that as the thing that will open the door. So you might send it directly and say, hey, to someone you want to work with potentially build a relationship with and you say hey I've just made this thing and I'd love to get your feedback because you're in the exact same space that I've that this work has been completed in I would love to get your thoughts what do you think yeah that's brilliant and you just said something really interesting that I think should be an undercurrent of this whole discussion is building relationships yeah you're not just going in there for the sell the best salespeople actually are just good communicators. They want to develop a relationship and being sold to Mm. doesn't feel like a two-way street. No, because I don't know you, right? If you're coming, the first thing you say to me is, hey, do you want to buy my thing? There is so many unanswered questions in that interaction. Who are you? Mm. Why would I buy your thing? How much is it? If I did, even if I wanted to know, probably don't want to know yet because I don't know you. Yeah, and we're talking about very specifically going out to find your best clients. That's right. If people are coming to you because they've seen your work, that's great. That's a different story. Very different story. You've already got their attention. Uh, The key there is don't propose. No one proposes, no one in their right mind, proposes to someone on a first date. 
No, that's right. You want to get to know them. Is it going to be a fit? Do they align with your values and goals? Do they share the same ambitions? Yep, and you don't know that yet, so please do not try to sell them anything on their first connection point. All right, mate. I said it was a three-step process. It probably could be a seven-step process. (laughs) Or a 12-step process. No, it's a three-step process because that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll keep our episode nice and short. So (laughs) let's move on to the third step. All right. The third step is to communicate. Once you've found them, identified, and you've got their attention, you need to communicate. And this is where you really find out if they're going to be a good client or not. Now, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again because it's very important. It's something people always get wrong. They only reach out to the people that they think are going to be a good client. If you reach out to 100 people, you will probably get three that are ready to engage with you and buy with you now In after you've built a relationship. Three out of a hundred, that's the average percentage. So if you go handpicking the people that you've vetted, you've researched and you like their everything they do and you try and only aim for those and you want to get 100% of them, guess what? You'll get 3% of them. Mm-hmm. And if you've reached out to 10 people, the numbers are pretty low. That's less than one person. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a numbers game. Yeah. You can't just be so selective that you're really putting all your eggs in a very few amount of baskets and you've got to spread the feelers a little bit wide initially. Yes, but now we're getting down to, to step three, which is communicate. This is where you qualify the connections that you've made. You don't care about too much about it, are they 100% going to be a good fit for me because you don't know everything about them. You would You will have some surprises of people you reach out to and actually get on really well with them, connect with them really well, and you wouldn't have initially picked them. That will happen. So in this communicate stage, firstly, you need to facilitate that conversation where you're talking about your thing, right? You've got their attention. Now you actually want to be talking about the value you can provide for them. And in saying that, one thing that drives me crazy is people who talk too much about their thing. Oh boy. Yep. A conversation is a two-way street. And what I find really works is people do love to talk about themselves, especially if you ask meaningful, good questions that go to a deeper level of maybe why they do what they do, what drives them, what's their passion, how does it affect people. And once you understand what drives them, if you go in and try and sell service A without asking all of these deeper questions, potentially you should have been selling option B. Yeah, and the other thing is that person will be sitting there listening to you speak after not speaking at all about themselves and they will think this person doesn't understand me how could they we mm-hmm. haven't talked about me that's right so you touched on the the biggest key there is first your first goal in a conversation is to seek to understand the other person and make them feel understood People love speaking about themselves, but they only love speaking about themselves to people that care about hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you're sitting down, you're having a great convo, you're going through all these details, you're basically listening and asking questions and talking about yourself and seeing what they respond to in order to qualify them. Yeah, so in this seeking to understand, you're listening out for, one, does this person actually have a problem I can solve? Two, do I want to solve it? 
there's a lot of things and you could probably, if you've been around for any amount of time and dealt with enough people, you will have run into situations where you've dealt with some types and kinds of people that just aren't a right fit for you. They're not your jam, whether it's a personality clash, whether it's a culture clash. You will have dealt with people that the interaction and the work didn't pan out like you'd hoped, not even close. Remember all those terrible situations and find out what they all had in common and use those as your red flags in your qualifying stage to just suss out whether this person is potentially going to be a good client and a good fit for you or not a good fit. And it's okay if they're not. You don't have to rage on anyone who you're like, oh, you're not a good fit for me. And you know what? Maybe they're not a good fit, but something you could actually drum up the courage to ask them this, it's not that scary. But you say, oh, look, sounds like maybe you don't really need our service, but you know a little bit about us now. Is there anyone in your networks who you think might benefit from what we do? Great question to ask. And that is a really good one because I think it's a conversation we're going to have at a later date is how do you deal with people you don't get on with or or you don't agree with? Maybe they're not a good fit for you, like you say, but that doesn't mean that you can't still leverage that work you've done in building that connection and starting that relationship and just leave it really well. Yeah, that's right. And like you said before, you don't propose in the first date You also don't expect people to need what you have right now. No. You're setting up relationships. You're setting up the conversation. Someone knows what you do. And in 12 months time, when they do have the problem you solve, they go, what was that guy's name who we chatted? Heron Films? Heron. (laughs) Heron. Helsome Films. Or maybe for me, they say, oh, what's that taco joint? Taco (laughs) station or something? Yeah, it was a food truck. Siesta station. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) You've implanted the seed in someone's head and and they will come back to you. Yeah. If you've done a really good job and they feel comfortable with you, they'll come back. Yep. When I said that you reach out to 100 people and three might be ready to engage with you immediately, that's an average percentage. But then another 10, they're very interested, but just not now. Mm. And, And then you might have another percentage of them that might be interested in the future. And then there's a bunch that will never be. Hold on, there's another stat too of maybe the ones who could refer you to an ideal client. Yeah. This making right. up stats thing's fun, man. <laughs> Look, I only know the three. The 3%, the, the rest 3%. is all made up. No, but yeah, there are stats, but I just don't know them. <laughs> okay, so you've facilitated the conversation. You're qualifying them in, in, in a way that you are seeking to understand them and to get to know them better. There's going to be an opportunity where at the end usually where you go – Hey, I think that I can help you with X problem. Repeat back to them what they've said their problem is, what they're trying to achieve. And this is how I do it. And keep that really short and snappy and say, is that something that you would be interested in working with me on? Yeah, or would you like to learn more about this? Would you like to see what this relationship could look like? Yeah. Is there a way I could help you solve a problem? Yeah. So that's great. And if they say, oh, yeah, I'd actually really like to see what that could look like, that's your permission to send them a proposal. It's generally, uh, depending on what you do, it's generally not the time where you go, okay, I've got my square reader here to take your payment. Uh, It's going to be X price. No. It is your permission to send them something that tells them what the journey is going to look like. 
Yeah, and maybe it's not a full-blown proposal or a pitch mm. or anything with numbers, but it could be as simple as, oh, I did this project 12 months ago and it was similar to your business and maybe you'd be interested to just learn more. And in your example, you might send a YouTube link to, so they can see one yep. piece of work that relates to them. Or maybe I'd send through a, a portfolio snippet or a link to the website. And it's a really soft sell. It's like, here's some visual information to help yep. you understand a little bit more about what I do and maybe it aligns with you. Yep. And you need to use your judgment on this because some people, you don't want to drag relationships out longer than they need to and you don't want to rush things faster than they should be uh, taken. So you need to judge in that qualifying stage, what's their level of urgency with wanting to solve this problem? I always ask two really important questions in my discovery calls, and they are both timelines and budgets. So timeline, in terms of qualifying, I say, when are you wanting to see this problem solved? Do you want to solve this next month? Do you want to solve it next year? What's your timeline? And so that gives me a good understanding of their urgency. And if they're like, oh, look, it's not that big of a problem for me at the moment, and I'll be looking at solving it next year, then I know what I need to do next is I need to build that trust over the period of time that between me and making a deal, of that time and making a deal. Do you know what else you could do that's really practical is set a calendar reminder they say, oh, actually, we've got an event in 12 months' time and I'll probably need to start planning it in six months' time. Put a calendar event in with a reminder, email so-and-so about this project on this day. And yep. when, six months later, you're very promptly landing in their inbox. I remember you had an event coming up. Did you still need some help with that? Yeah. Did you want to catch up again? Yep. Great. That's excellent. Okay, so you've had a conversation with them and you've qualified them. You think they're going to be a really good fit client and you can solve their problem. Maybe you've sent them a proposal and probably do another episode. We, we need to do one because I've got lots to share on that. But say you've sent them the buying opportunity. One thing that a lot of people miss out on in this stage, and it, it may seem small, but if you do it, you will get more work. People don't follow up. When's the ideal time to send a follow-up communication? All right, this is my system. I send a proposal and roughly one to 10 seconds after I've hit that send button on the email, I will give them a call. Mm -hmm. I'll say, hey, it's Caleb here. I just clicked send on a proposal. It's jam-packed full of amazing stuff that's going to really help you. I just wanted to give you a quick call and check that you got it. And that's that's all my purpose is. It is a, a strong connection point with them to go, oh, this person really cares. He's called me straight away. And it solidifies that moment rather than just being send the email and just wait and you hear crickets and you don't know what's going on, you actually have made that voice personal connection with them. Quite often they jump on their email and go, oh, yep, I've got it. Yeah, and what I think that also allows is it's like giving them permission to pick up the phone and call you back if they've got any questions. You literally invite them to ask you, if you've got any questions, you'd like me to to adjust the proposal. Yes. If there's anything that doesn't feel quite right for your project, just give me a bell and we'll work through it. That is part two of that call. Exactly right. Because a lot of people, when they get a proposal, they just 
if there's something wrong with it or something doesn't quite sound like it fits, they might just not get back to you at all. Yeah, it's not for me. I'll just forget about that. Yeah, it's all too hard. They don't know what to do about it because you've proposed something and they're like, oh, I don't know. It's not quite right, but I don't know how to change it, so I just won't do anything. Mm -hmm. So if you give them the permission to say, hey, if there is something not quite right, we need to adjust something, then it's all good. We can do that. Yeah, and that comes back to how well have you built the relationship in these previous two steps? Mm. Because you want someone to feel really comfortable in you're a collaborator. Mm. They can ask you any question without feeling stupid or like they have to have a certain level of knowledge. Yep. The last thing really key to further follow up in that first phone call, the last thing I say is, when do you reckon you might have a chance to look at it? I'm going to give you a call after that. So that they feel like they're being led through a process, but you're also just not leaving it in their hands. One thing you need to be as a salesperson, and that that f- phrase might turn you off and go, oh, well, that's fine, I'm not a salesperson. If you run your own business, you are a salesperson. Yep. You have to be, and you have to get good at this because it's going to make or break a commercial endeavor, how you communicate. And yeah, we can talk about how to be good at sales later, but. The last thing I say in that that first call is when are you going to have a chance to look at it? That's not a rude question. That is a I need to know so that I can help you solve your problem because people are classics for inaction. If you are the one taking the lead in this, in getting their problem solved, then it's going to get solved a lot quicker and more consistently. Yes, that is right, Caleb. There is a next step if they're dilly dallying around or Mm. not really having an answer for you. And there's a certain point where you go, all right, maybe this isn't going to come off. They're not in the right space to purchase or the proposal I've put together isn't right. When you have that next follow-up call, think about connecting with them and getting to the crux of, are they going to move ahead? Is it something wrong with the proposal? Does it need adjusting? Is it the wrong time? There's a bunch of reasons why they might not go ahead. Yeah. Some of them you can solve. Yeah. Some of them you just need to maybe let it sit and they'll come back to you when they're ready. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, good client. So hopefully you've gone through that and you end up getting better clients. Yeah, so <laughs> one thing I do when I hear a process, I often listen to the whole thing in a row and I listen to a lot that ask me to do things but I've listened to the whole thing. So if you're like that and you've got to 30 minutes of this episode and you're like, I've listened to it all, I haven't done anything yet, I encourage you to go back through and just go step by step. All right, listen to this first bit, identify, and then brainstorm all the things that we lead you to in that. Then get their attention stage. Stage two, how am I going to do that? Brainstorm some ways you can do that. And then lastly, in communicate, what is my system and process for communicating? Because everything that is scalable, repeatable, and consistent has a process. Yeah, perfect, mate. So to summarise again, just so people can't miss it, (laughs) the three steps, you're you're identifying who you're targeting, why you're targeting them, who you are. You're getting their attention in a unique way and and leading yourself to have a conversation. So communicating, having a process for following up and closing the deal. 
That's it. I hope that wasn't too much of a fire hose. It may have been because that's a very large uh, process and a lot of steps in there. But what I want to do is encourage you, uh, if there's anything that's a bit sticky in this process or you're like, oh, I want to really learn more about that or I'm interested in that particular part of the process, Reese and I have heaps more that we could talk about in a whole lot of different areas here. I want you to drop us a comment on the tile on Instagram for this episode or just send us a DM on Instagram Mm -hmm. and we'd really love to hear about that and we might make an episode just about that. Yeah, that would be great. Hopefully you've been able to follow along. I don't know. I don't think we normally speak so fast on episodes, but this one, we jammed it all in. We jam packed it. Thanks again for listening, everyone. That's right. Thanks so much to you for tuning in every couple of weeks when we bring you a new episode of Country Creatives Podcast. It was hosted by Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell, produced by myself, Amy, and we get a load of support from the Emporium Creative Hub in Mitchell Street, Bendigo. If you'd like to catch this snippet again or any of our other episodes, you can visit emporiumcreativehub.com.au slash podcast. You'll find all the episodes there. You can also contact us via that page or you can jump on Instagram at country underscore creatives and drop the guys a DM and we'll be sure to get back to you. So here's hoping in between now and our next episode, you get yourself some insanely good clients for your creative business. Stay well, and we'll catch you on your favorite podcasting platform really soon. Bye.